0: Presta in the Afternoon is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Broadcasting from the studios of Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Al Presta is ready for Conversations of Consequence. This is Cresta in the Afternoon.
2: In the good afternoon to you, I'm Al Cresta. We've got another hour talking about the things that matter most. And joining us in this hour will be Dr. Robert Festigi. He and um, Dr. Matthew Levering have co-edited a new volume called Humanae Vitae in Catholic Sexual Morality. Now this This is a collection of papers that uh, were given uh, in, well, December 8th through 10th, uh, 2022, where a group of scholars gathered in Rome to take part in a conference uh, titled A Response to the Pontifical Academy of Life's Publication, Uh, again, dealing with theological ethics. Uh, In English, it's called Theological Ethics of Life, Support, Tradition, Practical Challenges. Um, Why was it necessary to respond to this publication, Theological Ethics of Life, Scripture, Tradition, Practical Challenges? Well, um, because there were uh, issues in that book that uh, went in directions that seemed not in keeping with the historic teaching of the Church. And so we're going to take some time. With Dr. Festigi today to go over the issues here, going back again to the um, uh, original publication of Theological Ethics of Life, um, edited by Archbishop Vincenzo Ballia, uh, and then the response to it uh, that took place in December of 2022. And this is going to be, this is a, let me tell you, this area of moral theology uh, is, is a hotbed uh, of discussion. It's the 1960s and 70s. It was an area of great uh, controversy. And uh, through the pontificates of John Paul II and Benedict XVI, um, it looked as though the controversy had been uh, quieted, at least. But with the pontificate of Pope Francis, uh, we've seen people come out of the woodwork, so to speak, and challenge again some of our most clearly reasoned and deeply held uh, principles of moral theology. We'll go over that with Dr. Festigi. Right now, though, we get to the news headlines with Steve Clark.
0: Thanks, Al. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your Ave Maria Radio News for Tuesday, February 27th. It's the Feast of St. Gregory of Narek, Doctor of the Church. Today's news is brought to you by Ave Maria University. Your vocation location is at avemaria.edu. Michigan is holding its presidential primary. Republicans and Democrats going to the polls in the battleground state, which holds the final major contest before Super Tuesday. While former President Trump is expected to win Michigan, Nikki Haley has vowed to stay in the race, claiming that most Americans disapprove of both Trump and President Biden. Meanwhile, there's an effort to get Arab Democratic voters in Michigan to withhold their support of Biden over his handling of the Israel-Hamas war. Funding to fight the border surge and aid to Ukraine are major stumbling blocks to stop the partial government shutdown in four days. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer.
3: Ukraine was one of the most intense... I have ever encountered in my many meetings in the Oval Office.
0: Meanwhile, House Speaker Mike Johnson said securing the border is the number one concern among Republicans and it takes precedent over any spending bills involving Ukraine or Israel.
1: The first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. I, I believe the president can take executive authority right now today to change that and I told him that again today in person as, I, as I've said to him many times.
0: With no measure to fund the government or extend current funding levels, a partial shutdown would start Saturday at midnight Eastern. It would impact the Department of Veteran Affairs and the FDA. The Midwest is bracing for stormy weather. The National Weather Service says major cities in the Midwest could be impacted into the overnight hours with severe storms that could bring isolated tornado threats, damaging winds, and large hail. And Wendy's is testing surge pricing similar to the way Uber prices its rides. Known as dynamic testing, the practice changes prices of items throughout the day. Testing is scheduled for 2025. From your Ave Maria Radio.net News Desk, I'm Steve
2: Clark. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. In June of 2022, a group of theologians met at the Pontifical Academy for Life to discuss how traditional Catholic sexual moral teachings are applied in the modern world They propose questions, which is what theologians do, uh, and they think on these things. And um, some some of those uh, contributing at this conference came up with the idea that we are in in a moment of radical paradigm change in moral theology, and that calling into question some church teachings, uh, whether or not they are infallible, now, there's been a response uh, to this uh, original group uh, that came, it was called, in, the publication um, was called Theological Ethics uh, of Life, Scripture, Tradition, Practical Challenges. So that was, that was the volume that came out uh, as a result of this co- conference in June of 2022. But in December of 2022, another group of theologians took place to respond uh, to what had been uh, put forward. And those essays are available now in a volume called Humanae Vitae, in Catholic Sexual Morality. It's a response to the Pontifical Academy of Life's uh, Theological Ethics. It was edited by Dr. Robert Vestigi and Dr. Matthew Levering. Uh, joining me today to go over this, you know, this controversy and to lay out for us uh, points of commonality and points of controversy is Dr. Robert Festigi. Uh He is Chair of Dogmatic Theology and Christology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. He's done private research in Paris and Montreal and took part in a study tour of Saudi Arabia sponsored by the National Council for U.S.-Arab Relations. He has served as the executive editor of the 2009-2013 Supplements to the New Catholic Encyclopedia, and is the author of several books, including The Mystical Theology of the Catholic Reformation. And, Robert, good to have you here again. Thank oh, you. Well, thank you, Al. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank now, why don't you set this up for us? Uh, oh. you're, much more from, you're much more acquainted with the initial conference and why it begged for a response
3: yes well the 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 pontifical academy for life had a at a conference as you said in june of 2022 and it it was published the proceedings were published and, and it was uh multilingual I think the majority were in Italian, but there were some in French, English. I think one in Spanish. Uh, Thank God, none in German. That would be more (laughs) difficult for for me to read. But I I went through it. They're not all—all the the, uh, essays are not. All dissident or uh, right. creating problems. So I think we have to be fair. And I know yeah, some of absolutely. the authors, and and so it, it, it's what you call a mixed bag. Yes. You know, that. and, and Archbishop Palia said, well, when people come together, certainly you're going to have different points of view and so on. This is what theologians do. Sure. But mm-hmm. of course, it was a base text or a foundational text, Testo Base, and there were a few. Statements there that uh, raised some red flags, and and I had noted them and, and so on. But, of course, uh, we know we owe so much to Professor Jane Adolph uh, yes. from Ave Maria yes. School of I, Law. Yes, I know Jane. And she somehow was able to pull t- this together. I, I helped contact some authors and so on, and we prayed. And we thought, well, the ambiguous parts or the questionable parts need a response, and uh we she received funding and we were hmm. able to meet in Rome at a at a hotel in December of twenty twenty two. So it's not that long, right? Like six same months year. afterwards yeah. and then we were able to recruit some re- really outstanding theologians. I mean if you lo- look at the, the table of contents, uh, these are people who have been at the forefront of defending uh Humanae Vitae mm-hmm. and traditional uh, uh let us say, a Catholic morality. And uh, and so we had Monsignor Livio Malina and uh, uh, Monsignor Piotr Mazukevich, Matthew Levering, Gregor Pupink. but uh, John Finnis. Yeah. You know, he was the one who worked uh, so much defending Humane Vitae, our own uh, Father Peter Ryan, S.J., yeah. uh, and Michal Waldstein. And uh, Father Jose Granados, uh, and also uh, Angela Franks, Paul Gondreau, uh, Adrian Reimers, and Oana Gozia, who had taught for the John Paul II Institute in Rome. Now she's at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. She's from Romania, but fluent in multiple languages, including English. And and, uh, we also recruited Teresa, Dr. Teresa Notare, who works. I worked for thirty years for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, Natural Family Planning okay. a, 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 um, a program, and Teresa Farnan, who works uh, with this Person and Identity uh, project, uh, uh, and it's connected with George Weigel and the uh, Ethics and Public Policy. So the, we, we covered a lot that's a,
2: of. It's a great areas. lineup. Yeah,
3: yeah, and 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 I mean there are a few others and uh, I I couldn't mention, but somehow. Jane thought it should begin on on, um, on December eighth, and we would <laughs> okay. consecrate it to Our Lady. Okay. So I and and uh, I wrote the concept uh, note or the concept statement because we 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 didn't want to be confrontational. We know, yeah. because it, we wanted to be in a spirit of dialogue. Yeah, and this is what what we, what we were meant to do. And so I mean that, that we were wonder we were very happy to have Teresa Notare because she's from the USCCB. Yes. and sometimes uh, you know people at the USCCB are sensitive; they don't want <laughs> to uh, seem to be oppositional. Right, but that right. was not our idea. We yeah. what we were concerned about mostly is uh, is there a question of under uh, uh, is is Humanae Vitae now up for grabs or or so to speak questioning it.
2: So so and, that would you say that was the the central problem that you saw in this document uh well there's
3: a there's a there's a few questions and in the introduction Matthew and I try to lay them out. I mean what what do we mean by this new paradigm? And and, and actually that that re, that is in uh that is used by Pope Francis um in his Apostolic Constitution for the Uh, Veritatis Gaudium, which he seems to indicate it's a change in educational orientation in light of cultural changes. So that, that in other words, theology just can't be self-referential. It has to try to, in an evangelical way, reach out. And this is the new paradigm. But uh, some have interpreted the new paradigm as uh, questioning moral norms. So we wanted to, to investigate that. And then, also about humanevite, because there is in the 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 testo base or the foundational text base text you know if you tra- base text is accurate, but then it seems like it's base you know, <laughs> so, that, so I translated it foundational okay. but uh but it, it says you know the norm of humanevite always refers to a good that precedes and exceeds it, which is true, but then it seems to imply in in Michael Waldstein's uh, uh, response was 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 very much concerned with this. It seems to say, whatever is chosen, you have to maintain uh, the respect uh, to avoid the contraceptive mentality. Well, that brings back memories yeah. of what what people were saying, as you said yeah. in the nineteen seventies yeah. and, and 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 so on. And we went through that battle, um, but now it's a question of uh, 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 of. Whether or not these, these these matters are are going to be reinvestigated. so then uh, um, and then the question of intrinsically evil acts, mm. uh, yeah, is there wasn't a great emphasis upon that, but of course that was one of the great themes of Veritatis Splendor. It, it,
2: it was yeah, in which and it was intended to yeah, settle uh, the
3: uh, issue, right? Uh, yeah, and I mean I. I, in graduate school, I had met some of the people questioning that. I mean, Father Joseph Fuchs, yeah. I had yeah. met. He came over to give a lecture at Fordham yeah, University. He giant of last generation. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 all, and, and I had, a, he was a visiting professor at Fordham, Father Bernard Herring. Yep. So I, I, know, I know the mindset, but I his, thought through it. And his, I, his Law of
2: Christ yeah, yeah, is the, one of those textbooks, yeah. three volumes. Uh, so again, he was another giant of last generation that's
3: that's that, right and so w- all, we 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 selected and we were able to get the uh, papers f- given at this conference uh some were given remotely uh and then we we saw that there was a a a, a lack of uh, a good essay on scripture so father jose granados uh was able to recruit a a a great spanish uh scripture scholar uh father luis sanchez navarro and he sent his essay in in, in italian but we we trans, you know we had tra- we translated it uh and uh but it it was a great honor to be part of this uh and uh, so uh, uh, the, we we divided it our our book into four uh i think four parts part 1 foundational issues of dealing more with scripture and moral norms and then doctrinal dimension. And uh, Dr. Fulvio Di Blasi had a very good article or or chapter on uh, intrinsically evil acts. And then John Finnis and Peter Ryan talked about the infallibility of the church's teaching uh, against contraception. And some people say, well, it's it's changeable. It's authoritative, but open for change. But uh, there was... That great article by Father Ford and Germain Griset, God rest his soul, both yeah. of them, yeah. uh, that, that this is really infallible by virtue of the ordinary universal magisterium. Yeah. And yeah. John Finnis pulled out something written by Father Karl Rahner early on wow. which seemed to uh, 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 which, which which affirmed its in its its definitive status Wow! Uh, uh, wow. Uh, you know before you manevite yeah so, that's so, interesting so then i i dealt with the question of dissent but then we had the anthropological dimension and this is where there was like when you separate a moral norm or an ideal from concrete acts well uh, you know we we are we are embodied individuals. So, uh, it, it, you, you, you know, can you separate, you know, the norm from what is chosen, the concrete acts? And uh, so, there, there were a number of uh, essays on this. And the language of the body. Father Jose Granados did mm-hmm. a wonderful essay. Uh, Paul uh, Gondreau, on the body matters uh, that there's sometimes
2: a lack of. And, uh, yeah, uh, we, Robert, we have to pause for a moment here. Go on to the uh, next segment. we got to take a break. Yeah. We'll pick it up in just a moment, uh, okay? Sorry. My guest, Dr. Robert Festigi, uh, again, talking about important issues in moral theology. I'm Al Cresta. Greetings,
0: brothers in Christ. I'm Bishop Earl Boyer, inviting you to the Accept the Challenge Catholic Men's Conference on March 16th at the Girvan Game Above Center in Ypsilanti. We've lined up incredible, nationally renowned speakers, Justin Fatika, Doug Barry, and our very own Father Joe Krupp. There will also be Mass, Confessions, and a wide variety of Catholic ministries to help you grow as a man of God. Visit acceptthechallenge.org to register today.
4: Support for this Ave Maria radio program comes in part by the non-for-profit St. Anthony Services. Are you shopping for mortgage products, Catholic investing, Catholic health, real estate, or estate planning? StAnthonyServices.org can help you find a Catholic professional for these needs. They regularly connect faithful citizens with faith-based professionals that share our Christian values. More information at StAnthonyServices.org or 877-LIFE-US1.
2: Hi, I'm Al Cresta. The question of gender identity is divisive, controversial, and often painful. How should parents respond to sons and daughters desiring to change their gender? Will the Church remain free to teach that we are created male and female? What do the sciences say? We'll find out on March 2nd, when Father Gabriel Richard High and Ave Maria Radio host our annual Familiaris Consortio Conference, Responding to gender dysphoria in truth and charity, attorney John Bursch takes on gender ideology. Professor of endocrinology Dr. Paul Cruz covers the sciences. Father Sean Kilcawley speaks as a pastor, and you will bring plenty of questions for our panel. Be there Saturday morning, March second, from eight fifteen until noon at Father Gable Richard High in Ann Arbor. The event is free, includes a light breakfast. So registered, AveMariaRadio.net or fgrhs.org.
5: So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Nothing illustrates the powerful bond between man and wife, intended by God, the creator of marriage, than these words from Matthew's Gospel. A true marriage is a sacramental bond and is therefore indissoluble. The Catholic Catechism, however, realistically acknowledges that the presence of evil can severely strain this bond. Marital union has always been threatened by discord, a spirit of domination, jealousy, infidelity, and conflicts that can escalate into hatred and separation. The original communion of Adam and Eve was ruptured by their sin of disobedience. Their relations were distorted by mutual recrimination, says the Catechism, and brought about the pain of childbirth and the toil of work. Without God's help, a man and woman cannot achieve the union of their lives for which God created them in the beginning. This is Peggy Santon and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
2: Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. There's more to it than reciting the act of spiritual communion. We should begin by having sincere repentance for our sins and affirming our belief that Christ's death redeemed us. Next, we call to mind the spiritual gifts found in Christ's sacrifice and thank God earnestly for them. Now we are disposed to pray the traditional prayer of spiritual communion. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Ave
0: Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the United States. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while emphasizing how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, visit AveMariaLaw.edu.
2: Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. With me, Dr. Robert Festigi. We are looking over some debates in the field of moral theology. Uh, one of them dealing with uh, whether, in fact, there can be intrinsic, uh, intrinsically evil acts. Uh, another one has to do with uh, humana vitae. Is it uh, is, is it infallible? Um, and in one one area which uh, I think it's probably puzzling to many people and that is whether um there can there are any um, concrete moral norms uh that if violated uh, are evil. And you wanted, to, Robert you wanted to point out that uh uh Dr. Voldstein Oh. really did something uh, unusual here yeah. in that in his essay on Humanae Vitae and the unity of the human person, he actually t- took t- this t- text and kind of turned tables on it. Well, yes, it was, it was quite remarkable.
3: And he had alerted me that he was going to do this, and he actually contrasted the foundational text to the Testo base. With what Pope Francis says. But uh, it's on, on page 224 of the book where he has the translation of the first part of the what he translates accurately, it could be, uh, the base text. Um, and where it says, uh, this is in the, the uh, uh, Theological Ethics of Life, uh, uh, one could understand the undeniable demand inscribed in the fundamental formulas expressed by humane Vitae, 10 to 14, the norm always po- points to a good that precedes and exceeds it. Its truth is not reducible to the literal statement, because while it designates a moral imperative, it symbolically attests and refers to the experience of a good that calls for being willed. The truth of the norm, also in Humanae Vitae, holds more aspects together. It points beyond literal observance of a law that would be purely physical urging the spouses to bring the mystery of generation together with the response to this gift. Now, all of this sounds very good, but then he points to a, 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 a subsequent part of the base text, 172. In the perspectives we have outlined, the alternative between, quote, natural and, quote, artificial methods is overcome at root. The question plays itself out in the concretely possible forms of generous and no less demanding responsibility with respect to the gift of generating. And so uh, uh, Dr. Waldstein comments, the main question is not the alternative between natural and artificial in a general sense, but the alternative between performing a genital act with the intention of performing it according to its nature as a procreative act, or performing it with an opposite intention that changes the very nature of the moral act. Yeah. Man and woman should mean what they say to each other by a procreative act. So I had picked this up, you know, even before the conference, you know, reading the, 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 the Testo Basse in Italian, and I said, this seems to be very clever, if, if I may say so. They affirm the norm and the value of humane vitae, but then as long as the value of, of humane vitae is, is, uh, is, is practiced or uh, observed, whether one chooses natural or artificial means. And so then, as a stroke of genius, um, <laughs> yes. Professor Waldstein quotes from Pope Francis in Amoris Laetitia 80. And this is what Pope Francis says, The child who is born does not come from outside, this is Pope Francis, from outside is something added on to the natural love of the spouses, but springs from the very heart of that mutual giving as its fruit and fulfillment. As the Catechism uh, number 2360 says, he or she does not appear at the end of a process, but is present from the beginning of love as an essential feature, one that cannot be denied without disfiguring that love itself. From the outset, love refuses every impulse to close in on itself, it is open to a fruitfulness that draws it beyond itself. Hence, no genital act of husband and wife can refuse this meaning. Well, wow. Vitae eleven through twelve amoris Laetitia, number eighty, and <laughs> Doctor Waldstein concludes in agreement with the first section of Ethica Theologica, chapter. Uh, 7 Pope Francis fo- focuses on the full glory of a concrete hor- historical event, a sacramental event that expresses a final and definitive meaning in the covenant of procreative love between spouses. Mm. So he actually contrasts what Pope Francis says in Amoris Laetitia with what the uh, base text of uh, this uh, uh, of this uh, e- uh, theological ethics of life says.
2: Pope Francis that, is defending the Traditional understanding, understanding. Yes, yes, the teaching, yes, teaching of Humanae Vitae.
3: Yes, so I remember one of the first discussions of Amoris Laetitia with Father Fessio and, and Mark Brumley. Uh, uh, the one woman they had, I forget her name. She said she was rather surprised that Pope Francis came out so strongly uh, defending humanitas. Right. You right. Know? But but there was something else I wanted to discuss, and oh, what what you know. Monsignor Molina and John Finnis and uh, Father Ryan, we were concerned about whether or not the infallibility of humane Vitae is now being questioned. Because yes. I- I- if a teaching is authoritative but not definitive or infallible, it means it's subject to change. Right. And here right. I was I responded in my article about whether dissent on catholic sexual morality is ever justified
2: no, 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 before we yeah. go there let me just um, so i think most most of my listeners would you know be affirming of uh, human vitae yeah. and probably receive it uh, as infallible uh, they probably don't think a lot about the the moral reasoning that leads up to it but they yeah. accept it as the church teaches it um and I, I think they, they were, uh, I, as I would, I find it strange that somebody would, on the one hand affirm the the good uh presented by Human Vitae, but then would go on to deny its concrete application um, yeah that's weird to me.
3: Yeah, no. It, there were a number of essays saying the separation of the moral teaching from concrete acts.
2: Yeah, yeah, You
3: know, and I, I experienced this when I was a graduate student at Fordham University. Yeah, you went
2: yeah. through those years. Well, sure. I was, I was <laughs> in
3: in the in the mid seventies, and, yeah. and I mean, I had Father Bernard Herring as a yeah. as a professor, and you know, they 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 could, and Father Joseph Fuchs came over to lecture. But you know, there's there's abstract, um, non-negotiable uh, non-negotiable norms. You know, like do good, avoid evil. Yeah. You always must do what is most loving. You must never cause harm. And but when it comes to concrete acts, uh, he seemed to say, well, you always have to consider the the context,
2: the circumstances, yeah. the situation, At the context. Yeah. That, yeah. That,
3: that, and that, so the whole question of Humanae Vitae was whether or not it was. Uh, something that was changeable, and of okay. course, when there was the so-called birth control commission, there were some cardinals, including Cardinal Dearden, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Cardinal Sunens, and others. They thought, well, this is maybe something that could change. Right, right. But the language used is, is, is by uh, Pius the Eleventh. In Casti mm-hmm. uh, that had been used, in, you know, if you look at when onanism or contraceptive m- methods were always rejected right. as against uh, nature, against God. I mean, it it, it it
2: occurred to and that wasn't simply a Catholic rejection. No, either.
3: it was it was uh, it was universal. Yeah, until the Lambeth Conference of 1930. Yeah. So that's why Pius XI came out so strongly with Casti Canubi yeah. in yeah. December of 1930 so this is but but now it's gone you know the it's because i think the the um the monsignor who presented you Vitae said well it's not infallible you know and that that then, then the news media spun yeah. that yeah. and yeah. there was a whole question of the theology uh of of licit dissent and even yes. the us bishops in their their otherwise very good Pastoral Letter, Human Life in Our Day, 1968, actually said there could be licit dissent. Mm-hmm. But I think they, by licit dissent, they meant private dissent. Right. And so, Not... then, and, and so this question of dissent and could there be uh, faithful dissent and so on, this was spinning around, and I think it was answered by Donum Veritatis, or the Ecclesial Vocation of a Theologian, 1990, by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Where public dissent is just ruled out; it's right. considered a problem.
2: I mean, private dissent is may be simply a, an act of learning. Yeah, uh, where you start out by saying, uh, uh, "I don't get it." You know,
3: I'm no. not sure what's going on here. It, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's better phrase rather than dissent as an inability, a private in, inability or. Uh, to give assent, but then there's the responsibility of studying the matter, being open more, and one could communicate one's difficulties, but always with the desire to resolve them. Uh, Unfortunately, now there's people on the left and the right, you know, they just throw bombs out there, (laughs) you know, this is, you know, wrong, this is like Father Curran, you know, at a press conference said, this teaching is wrong. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it, and he was like thirty-five, thirty-six at the time. He was a—he
2: yeah. was still a Catholic U then. He was a Catholic yeah. U,
3: and it took from '68 until 1986. You know, to for the for, you know for the church really to address the problem, but he was kept appealing to the U.S. bishop statement on the sit- dissent. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cardinal Ratzinger did not want to contradict the bishops. Right. But I think he was planning. We have to come out with a, a clearer statement on this. And that's what the, yeah, yeah. The, this one on uh, the Donum, task
2: of the theologian.
3: Yeah, the yeah, Donum Veritatis, yeah. nineteen, wonderful document. But you know, in, in my essay, I was trying to deal with the question of dissent in this book, and I go through the Father Curran case and so on. Yeah. But but, but there, was a, there was an interview with uh, this member of the Pontifical mm-hmm. Academy for Life, Father Maurizio Chiodi, and he said, this is a quote, it is a common opinion among theologians that the ecclesial magisterium has not spoken on moral issues in an, inf- in an infallible way so far. Although, of course, that does not exclude that it may do so in the future.
2: Now, uh, hold, hold it there. we got to take a break right now. Yeah. So hold it there. It will come back and pick it up. Yeah. Uh, it's, an, it's an unusual statement. Oh, Yeah. I, I've not heard that before. Well, it, 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 <laughs>
3: I, I looked at the Italian text as well. I mean, that's what he said.
2: All right. My guest is Dr. Robert Festigi of Sacred Heart Major Seminary. He's a contributor and editor of *Humane Vitae in Catholic Sexual Morality. It's a response to the Pontifical Academy of Life's Theological Ethics.
4: Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything.
0: Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things. Like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Call Choice Insurance Agency at 734-641-4200. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. Good family
4: discussions don't just happen, they take time. Family talk rituals help families be intentional about making real conversations happen, You need to be intentional if you want to get past exchanges like, What would you do in school today? Nothing. Believe it or not, when the relationship between parents and kids is healthy, kids naturally want to open up to mom and dad. Kids want to know that their parents care enough to take time to listen and to understand how they're feeling and what they're going through. When parents make time to listen first, kids are more likely to willingly receive what mom and dad have to say. That's why family talk rituals are an important part of Catholic family life. To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com.
0: The Heart of the Interior Life with Elizabeth Jangle.
4: In the seventh rule of St. Ignatius of Loyola's 14 Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, St. Ignatius writes, Let one who is in desolation consider how the Lord has left him in trial. In the seventh rule, St. Ignatius is inviting those who are experiencing spiritual desolation to consider, to think of spiritual desolation as a trial. Father Timothy Gallagher writes, Persons in spiritual desolation should consider that such desolation is a trial permitted by the Lord. They should consider the nature of the trial. And finally, they should consider the divine purpose in allowing the trial to occur. If we consider... Why is God permitting me to experience this trial? When we recognize our spiritual desolation as a trial permitted by a loving God and that there is a silver lining to it, then we will respond with greater courage to fight off the desolation.
0: For more information, visit avimariaradio.net.
4: Cresta in the Afternoon is underwritten by the following nonprofit organization. Real Estate for Life. Buying or selling your home or business property? Real Estate for Life can connect you with one of 1,400 pro-life real estate agents around the world. When Real Estate for Life receives a referral fee, they donate 70% to Ave Maria Radio and Human Life International. More information at realestateforlife.org or 877-LIFE-US-1. That's realestateforlife.org.
6: Every woman deserves specialized health care at Health. Our team of compassionate professionals listen to our patients and want to understand what they're going through. They serve everyone from teen girls to seniors. Our faith-based clinicians specialize in obstetrics, gynecology, fertility awareness and crisis, or unexpected pregnancies. Call 734-930-4020 or visit arborwomenhealth.org. Arbor Woman, faith-inspired, dignity-affirming healthcare.
2: And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Let me mention something which uh, really deserves to be said just even daily. You can get all the latest Catholic news weeknights at 9 Eastern on EWTN Radio and TV. We've got EWTN News Nightly with Tracy Sable. Covers breaking news, top stories, daily reports from the White House, Capitol Hill, and Rome. All from a Catholic perspective. And Again, it's every night. 9 Eastern EWTN radio and TV I'm with Dr. Robert Festigi we're talking about uh an area of chronic controversy and that has in the field of um, moral theology and uh you were saying before the break uh Dr. Festigi that uh, there was one fellow who contributed to this um Conference in the at the Pontifical Academy for Life in the spring of 2022, who made the statement that nothing there's never been anything taught infallibly on moral theological issues.
3: Yes, it wasn't it wasn't within the uh, theological ethics of life volume. Oh, okay. But it was an interview. And, um, you know, he's, he's a, a major member and, a, and, and a, a professor there at the the John Paul II Center in Rome. But uh, I, 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 was, I was rather shocked when I read it. And, and he just said uh, that um, uh, it is a common opinion among theologians that the ecclesiastical magisterium has not spoken on moral issues in an infallible way so far.
2: Was, is that true of moral theologians born before 1940?
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, or I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it, it doesn't reflect the moral theologians who teach at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. Right. I I could say that, right. but 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 to counter this, I looked at Evangelium Vitae, yeah. uh, where Saint John Paul II clearly uh, affirms he doesn't have to define, but he confirms that. The direct killing of the innocent, direct abortion, and euthanasia are infallible by virtue of the ordinary universal magisterium, you know, because these teachings are, you know, that, that, you know, I'll just uh, read you what he says. Therefore, by the authority which Christ conferred upon Peter and his successors, and in communion with the bishops of the Catholic Church, we confirm that the direct and voluntary killing of an innocent human being is always gravely immoral. This doctrine, based upon the unwritten law, which man, in the light of reason, finds in his own heart, is reaffirmed by sacred scripture, transmitted by the tradition of the church, and taught by the ordinary and universal magisterium. And he uses a similar language with regard to direct abortion and euthanasia. He leaves no doubt. So, in other words, it's, it's it's a... a false attitude uh, idea some people have that only defined matters of faith and morals, uh, what we call de fide definita, are infallible. That there's also this area of the ordinary universal magisterium, Mm -hmm. and then also matters which are uh, the church has definitively taken a stand, like that women. The church has no authority to ordain women to yeah. the priesthood. Yeah. So sometimes there's debates about what is infallibly uh, taught and so on. But on these three issues, which are clearly moral, yeah, I don't see how anyone could even raise the question. So I don't know who these majority, the, the grand part, uh, you know, the grand parte the, uh, the theologians that he talks about. Right. Maybe, maybe he's in touch with them, but. I I I I don't think it's, it reflects Africa, you know, or the Philippines. I, I you know, <laughs> but I'm just going by what I know John Paul II said. Sure. So there are in this is and it's there in Veritatis Splendor, number 80, and, and where he gives a uh, like a list of intrinsically evil or immoral acts, yeah. and of course he cites also gaudium at spez twenty seven so this is a this is I think a false attitude uh that is being around that the the church has not made any infallible judgments yeah. now it, it and, then, and then that 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 opens the door to dissent, people say, well, maybe the, the church can mature by responsible dissent and come to question some of these teachings, and so on. And we were talking during the break about John Noonan, this great uh, jurist and and legal scholar, and he favored a change in church teaching on contraception. But in his book, he had the honesty to admit that there was a unanimous tradition, (laughs) that no one, no church father ever supported contraception. And and, and so this... uh, this he admitted, but then he thought, "Well, now the circumstances and science have changed, and the church could change too." Yeah, you know, this yeah. is the same argument now is being used regarding homosexual acts.
2: Yes, that that we've is, learned something new about uh, the development of uh, our psychosexual development. I mean, uh, and, and so that changes what the norms would be. No, you see, the the norms cannot change. I mean. He, he, y
3: what could change is maybe a pastoral approach to dealing with people right. who have these uh, these problems. And as you know, Archbishop Vigneron has just come out with a pastoral letter. Yeah,
2: I, I quoted uh, from it earlier today. Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: uh, yes, and, and so you can't change the moral norms, but how do we approach people who are afflicted with these temptations or the yeah. gender confusion? So sure. that's more of a pastoral issue. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 t- you you know to, to how should the church deal with people dealing with this and you know, you know he has a one line that we just don't want to throw truth bombs at them right, you know right. and and, and uh, that could be abused but i think what he means is we just can't so these are people who are wounded confused and if you just rattle off what the catechism says yeah. or they're not going to listen right. so we have to accompany them this is what pope francis sure. is trying to stress but this is theological ambiguity or i think a mistake on the part of Father Coyote. He might be sincere, right. and he might actually say, "This seems to be the general consensus," but you know, there's also some people, even on the right, who say, "Well." You know the, the the only infallible statements are what we have to follow. So every time the Pope comes out with a statement, we could challenge it. Right. So yeah. so it comes from the left. It was more prominent on the 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 left in the 1970s, but right. now there's some on the right. Yeah. You know, and it, it doesn't mean we can't have difficulty or question the prudence of certain statements or even the way in which a teaching is articulated. That's right. All of this is there in the ecclesial vocation of the theologian. But if you have difficulties, you want to try to communicate them with a desire to overcome them. That's right. You know, know, but but I think this, I hope this book, which has some wonderful chapters on conscience, Matthew Levering deals with that. And, And of course, that was the big buzzword Word in the 1970s, and it continued. Well, in my conscience, I cannot abide yeah. by this. Yeah. And so, conscience. Yes, we have to follow our conscience, but it has to be properly formed. Yes. yes. And and you know, conscience doesn't create the moral norm. Conscience perceives the the the, the moral norm, which comes from God ultimately. Yes. Either yes. through the natural law, which is uh, you know, from uh, what what. The participation of the created intellect in the eternal law of God or right reason, or from Scripture, uh, you know that the natural law, what what is taught in Scripture, is reaffirmed. But some of the norms could be known by Scripture, like Saint Paul says in Romans two fourteen through fifteen. What could be known? Uh, 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 of the law is evident to them. Yes, the, the 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 demands of the law are written in the heart. In their hearts, yeah, 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 yeah. But I've been speaking too much. Uh, uh, no, I,
2: I love I love listening to you. I love learning from you. Uh, I'll ask you a question, which I know has been brought up by listeners in the past, and that is, what has happened at the John Paul II Institute?
3: Yeah, well, there was a. There was a rearrangement, and some very good people were let go. But I I think it was this attitude, uh, we want the social sciences, we want more involved and a a more dialogical approach uh, to it, and not just be intra-Catholic. So this is a benevolent understanding. They wanted to expand the outreach for it, but there were some, you know, well, we, we benefited at Sacred Heart Major Seminary because we now have Oana Gozia, who taught for 10 years there <laughs> at the John Paul II Institute. <laughs> and so some people question whether or not it, it is really reflecting the, the theology, the moral theology of John yeah. Paul II. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe there, there have some, like uh, Stefan uh, Kompowski, I think is his name, Kompanski, uh, he he would reflect that, uh, and and he co-authored an article with Cardinal Müller, uh, you know, okay. uh, raising some of these questions. Kampowski, I think, would be, yeah. but he's he's actually German, though the name sounds somewhat Slavic, but he he's very good, and he's still there. So yeah. I I think we have to avoid generalizations. But what happened? i you know i I hold off judgment yeah. uh, you know when I, don't, I don't know the, all the details, and I just know it was a kind of a, a desire to expand it for example there's, no, there's yeah. nothing
2: wrong with learning what we can from the social sciences mm-hmm. i mean that's we certainly want, yes, and I know uh marianne Glendon uh headed up uh a committee in the social sciences under yeah, Pope yeah, Francis for yeah, a while yeah. to see if uh, there was um, ways of uh, interfacing uh, because we want to be able to speak to yeah of uh, the social sciences as well as learn from no, no, that's right but we we don't the social sciences aren't the foundation no, for that, our doctrine
3: that's right we have you know it's one one thing to learn from them but the, the, it's not the source of moral norms right. and and social sciences today are often operating uh with uh, Anthropological and philosophical uh, positions that are dubious, if not uh, heretical. That's right. You know, you know, and you know, I'm a member of the Pontifical Marian Academy, and Pope Francis has given some direction. He wanted like a subcommittee dealing with the abuse of Mary by the mafia or different mafias, (laughs) and then he he wanted a, a dialogue group with Muslims. On Mary, Mary, because yeah. she's the most prominent woman in the Quran. That's right. So these that's are some. Sometimes good can come sure, out of this. Sure. And 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 so that's important. But you, you know, there's there's a need to reaffirm and study more deeply the wisdom of the Church. That you know, no, humanivite was reaffirmed the traditional teaching and the the uh, two ends or meanings of the marital act, the unitive and the procreative, but some people were not persuaded. Yeah, and I yeah. remember Father Herrings, I asked him why, uh, why these bishop conferences uh, you know, t- had trouble with it, but if they had trouble with it, why did Pope, Fra- Pope Paul VI be so insistent? And he said, "Oh, it was his neo-scholastic background. You know, he wasn't, a, he said he was a very good man. I you know, they, they, so, so, but, but, but then John Paul II, who had a background in personalism, in yeah. phenomenology, really with those Wednesday audiences, which constitute the theology of the body. Yeah. He went into this very deeply. Right. And right. he really, and he, this was something that he was very concerned with, even as a young priest, you know, with, uh, um, uh, talking about the nature of the marital act and
2: counseling young people. And you know, it was at the time of... The uh, music's coming up under us. We're done. We're out of time. I would love to spend more time with you, but the the clock is an imperious master. No, I know. I know. (laughs) Well, I hope... uh, I I, could have... You know, I, I... I picked
3: the one essay that I thought was really outstanding. I mean, they're all outstanding, but Michal Waldstein then says, here's a pontifical academy, and here's what the Pope says. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> so, so God bless Michal Waldstein for doing that. So I, I, li- I always like to be benevolent. You know? Today's programming on
4: 990 WTEO is brought to you in part by gift from our day sponsor. The annual Rose Mass for Catholic healthcare workers celebrated by Bishop Boyer will be at 4.30 p.m. Saturday, March 9th at St. Thomas in Ann Arbor, followed by a reception in the Parish Hall. Karen Bussey, director of the Mother Teresa House, will speak on redemptive suffering. Suggested free will donation is $20. RSVP at cmalansing at gmail.com. That's cmalansing at gmail.com.
2: On the next epiphany.
6: Let the light of your holy face shine on us, and in your mercy, save us. This is a prayer to the holy face of Jesus. Vanessa Denhagarmo here. Father John Linden from St. Andrew Parish in Saline joins us for Parish of the Week Wednesday. And Don Hawkins, CEO of the National Center of Sexual Exploitation, will share some very important information.
4: Epiphany, weekdays at noon, on Ave Maria Radio.
6: I spent days thinking about how to approach a coach working with my daughter about what I believed was abrasive and disrespectful behavior. As a parent you sometimes walk a very fine line between handling conflicts for your child and allowing her to handle issues on her own. I used the coach approach when talking to my daughter about the comments that were hurtful. She was visibly upset and I didn't want to escalate the situation. So I asked questions a leadership and life coach would ask while trying to teach her how to empower herself. I wanted her to realize that she needed to confront the coach and do it in a Christ-like manner. Despite the anger we might be feeling, we have to come from a place of love when trying to resolve an issue with a person who has caused us pain. Through my coaching questions, my daughter found the answers, and with confidence and a Christian mindset, she resolved the issue. This has been a Christ-centered communication message. I'm Vanessa Dan-Hagarmo, a communications evangelist.
2: And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Thanking you for being with me. Uh, and let me remind you that the conversation I had with Dr. Robert Festigi, uh, the book is available, *Humane Vitae and Catholic Sexual Morality. Uh, that's available. It'll be in the online bookstore. And you can follow up um, in my earlier conversations with uh, Michael New about uh, what happened at CPAC and also my conversation with Dr. Robert Waples about um, is the United States bankrupt? We'll have follow-up information for you in the Cresta Guest Archives. So if you go to AveMariaRadio.net, dot uh, net, just go in the upper right-hand corner and hit uh, my face, and that'll take you into the uh, Cresta Guest Archives. And I'll mention once again because I think it's important: Saturday eight fifteen in the morning at Father Gable Richard High School, male and female, he created them. Responder to gender dysphoria in truth and Presta charity. Presta in the
1: Afternoon is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To follow up on any of the guests or information presented on today's program, visit the Presta Guest Archive at AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-M-A-R-I-A Radio.net. To listen to this or any other edition of Cresta in the Afternoon, visit the audio archives at AveMariaRadio.net. Or to order a CD of the program, call 734-930-4506 or email orders at AveMariaRadio.net. That's 734-930-4506 or orders at AveMariaRadio.net.